So we got Tony Khan talking about interesting things regarding free agents and how they will compete between WWE and AEW. We got Dave Meltzer feeling guilty about what's going on with the media scrum and CM Punk. And we also have some changes going on in WWE. Interesting contract offers and a documentary coming out. We talk about it all next on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, we'll start with Tony Khan, who was with Ariel Hawani recently and was talking about all the changes that are happening in WWE. And Tony Khan made an interesting point here regarding free agents that are going to be coming out, whether they're from AEW going to WWE, WWE going to AEW, or just within the independent circuit here. Here's what Tony Khan had to say about it. There's probably a bit more similarity in what we're looking for in terms of the profile of a free agent, which I think is already going to start being a thing. I think we're looking at a more uh, similar people. There are definitely something happening this year where there were wrestlers being released that came here that I definitely believe belong on national television, worldwide television that are huge stars in AEW. Some of those people I think would have made sense. And I don't think if there hasn't been a switch in the person, who makes that call. Not sure many of those people would have been released. I think the benefit of that was for AEW because there's so many really good names, including some I've mentioned that have come over this year that we've, that we're very fortunate to get. So there may be more similarity in some people we're looking at just based on what I've seen. So I kind of agree here with Mr. Khan and that now the triple H is involved and head of creative and, Vince is not the guy making the decisions anymore. It's a team of Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon and Triple H that what Tony Khan looks for in a wrestler and Triple H looks for in a wrestler are quite similar. Few differences here and there, but for the most part, we're going to see some bidding wars between WWE and AEW that we probably would have not have seen with Vince McMahon running the show. Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, if you're talented and you can work in either AEW or WWE, I think that you're going to have these situations whenever either somebody's contract comes up or you're the next big thing or you're the hottest thing on the independent scene. You know, I think the most recent example you can look to, because this is the one that's happened over the past couple of weeks, is, you know, a guy like Bandito. You know, the, the rumors were he was offered a contract in AEW. He has signed a contract. Then today I saw a couple of reports that were saying he was speculating or there was speculation that he hadn't actually signed with AEW and he was considering going with WWE. So yes, when you get somebody like Triple H, who's an actual wrestler um, and not somebody like Vince McMahon, who maybe favored a little more of the showmanship and the entertainment side, you're going to get this competition between both these companies as they try to sign the top talent in the world. Um, I wouldn't expect anything different. I think Tony Khan is... Uh, right on the money and admitting something that I think we all kind of expect to happen. So I think he's right on the money with this. Right. And I think at the end of the day, mm -hmm. fans should be excited for this. And, you know, kind of like that hot stove, who's going to be a free agent? Do they go to WWE? Do they go to AEW or guys that contracts are running out? Do they stay with their promotion? Do they jump ship? That is what kind of makes it exciting. We see it all the time in pro sports with the NFL, with MLB, the NBA. Sometimes the free agent, you know, season is more exciting than the regular season or the postseason for the respected sport. But, you know, I think it's good on Tony Khan to admit this. And you know what? 
they both have tons of money and you know, it just helps the pro wrestlers themselves and the industry as a whole that, you know, these guys are going to get paid. And that just means, you know, what's it all rising tides, rise, all ships, whatever that saying is, that's what it think means for the wrestlers. But, you know, we move on to someone that just recently admitted something as well. And that is Dave Meltzer. Now, Dave Meltzer's name typically gets mentioned a lot when it comes to reporting things and what he hears from backstage and reporting all that stuff. And, you know, it seems like he might've been one of those that got pointed at as to CM Punk calling out for quote unquote journalists and the whole media scrum thing that was going on there. Well, Dave Metzler was recently with uh, Nick Hausman of wrestling Inc. And he basically said that he kind of feels guilty of what happened. Here's what he had to say about that. At first, I just thought it was punk venting, and that's definitely all I thought. Oh, he's venting, and that's fine, whatever. When he talked about Adam Page, had never done anything in the business, it was like, okay, I don't like where this is going because he was just really insulted the entire company at that point. And then the stuff about the EVPs and everything, the EVPs or whatever, I don't know. Uh, he did later on say i know the guy well enough that i probably should have as soon as i saw that quote go dude it didn't happen i could just tell you it didn't happen nothing else to that happen and referring to feeding information that the young bucks went up to colt cabana uh because cm punk said that he wanted him released and eventually went to ring of honor instead um going on and saying i could tell you it didn't happen nothing close to that happened but i didn't and i'm not saying that it would have stopped it because it probably still would have happened, but it's like, I sort of do feel guilty about that aspect of it. So what do you think of Meltzer kind of admitting like, yeah, kind of played a part in what happened with this media scrum. If he played a part in it, good on him for being, having the self-awareness to acknowledge that he may have reported something that led to an altercation between them. I don't think if, if he played a part in this, given the state that CM Punk was in that night, I don't think he would have had any problem just calling out Dave Meltzer in front True. of everybody, you know? So I don't know if Meltzer's kind of doing a little self-indulging, like just trying to keep himself involved in the storyline. Look, at the end of the day, a lot of times, like we talk about, a lot of times, a lot of rumor and innuendo gets presented as fact because it gets people either clicking or buying or subscribing and all those types of things. So... You know, the one thing Punk said that night is like integrity as far as like being a journalist, like who fancies themselves, who fancies themselves a journalist, he said, you know, and the fact that sometimes it's more of the gossip that gets shared is a little unfortunate. They're never going to stop doing it. They know the business they're in. One thing to go out there and say you feel bad about it, but you reported it. You reported it for a reason. You know, it's going to get clicks. You know, it's going to get subscriptions. So why feel bad about it now? (laughs) So. I get you want it. I know you want AEW to succeed because that's the a bunch of your the guys he roots for there, all that type of stuff. He's close with the the Bucks and all that, but those things that get reported have consequences. Sometimes you don't think any of those people. I mean, I'm sure that if I go and look at uh, whether it's fightful any any of them, any of them, any if I any of them, and I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. They're all going to report on the Andrade fight. All of them. Which one of them? They're all going to do it. Why? Because that's going to get subscriptions. It's going to get clicks. It's going to get likes. It's going to get shares. All that type of stuff. They know what they're doing. 
Um, that's the nature of the work they're in. Can't feel bad about it. If the United States goes and bombs Iraq tomorrow <laughs> again, uh, it's going to be on the front page of every newspaper. Why? Because it's going to sell. You can feel bad. You can feel that they did it. That's the difference. Well, good journalism is about getting it right, not getting it first. And it's not just wrestling. This is just journalism as a fair. whole today. That's fair. They're trying to get things out first, not right. You know, the guys like you got guys like Wade Keller who barely break news. But when they report something, it's typically right because they check first, second, third, fourth sources. And I, you know, what I, for the most part, I've even said this, that I think Dave Meltzer as a journalist does a good job and tries to check as many sources as he can. Does he get everything right? No, no journalist is 100% right with what they're reporting. But if they hear, you know, the same story from like four or five credible sources of theirs, how can you fault them for reporting it? If they hear a similar story coming from different sources, I mean, look at the Andrade Sammy thing. He said he asked like four or five different people. Well, three of them had the exact same story. One of them had close to the same story. And then one had a completely different story. And I, I guess, I guess that's, that's, that's my main point. That's my main takeaway from this whole thing. Like, okay, you're, how genuine can you be? How, how seriously can I take it when somebody says, I feel bad and I feel responsible for maybe have reporting something that led to an altercation that (laughs) ended up being a huge thing. You know, your words and everything that gets reported, especially if you're somebody at that high of a stature and you're taken as seriously um, as he is by some people, then the words that you're reporting hold a certain merit. They carry a certain weight and they're going to have a certain consequence, good or bad. Um, In my mind, if you're going to come out and you're going to say that, you know, how many sources did you check when you reported the last thing? Was it two? Was it three? Was it four? Okay, and how many sources did you check about the whole Andrade fight? But did you still report it? If the answer is yes, then it's kind of like, okay, you feel bad, but did you really learn anything from it? I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's my take on it. I don't fault him for reporting any other thing. If, he, if, he, if his sources tell him it was supposedly true, then what is he supposed to do? He reported it to, to the best of his knowledge. Uh, right. to feel bad about it. I don't know, man. That's that's the nature of the work you're in. Right. And I also think part of what CM Punk was calling out is, you know, who these sources are and saying, oh, the Young Bucks fed him this stuff and he was just going to report it because the Young Bucks said it. I think that was part of where Dave Meltzer was going with this too. And, you know, if it's where Dave Meltzer could have gone to Punk was like, no, this didn't happen. This is not who my sources are. Then that's that's another situation too. Like, I've said this before, like journalists don't typically reveal their sources. They just have to make sure the sources that they have are credible so that, you know, that's, and, and this, this is how before, like in baseball, the two guys that pretty much pinned all these guys with steroids, they asked for their sources. They didn't reveal them and they went to jail for it. They rather, you know, you know, uh, go to jail than protect their sources kind of thing. So, or reveal their sources, I should say. Yep. So it's kind of the same thing, I think. So I kind of, I understand it, uh, Dave Meltzer on this situation. So it's a tough situation, I think. And I think some people still grill him regardless, but I kind of see his point on this. But let's shift gears to WWE. We talk about all these QR codes and, you know, the, the interesting thing about this, who's the man behind it though? Is it Triple H that's actually behind this stuff? Turns out, 
part of it, but mainly the guy that has been, you know, coming up with the story and all the cute, the clues with this QR code is a guy by the name of Rob Fee. And he's a former horror writer used to write with Marvel. Now he is with WWE as the director of long-term creative. This seems like a new role that was made up in professional wrestling, but to my knowledge, what I think this role is, is he's the guy that's going to spot out all the details that need to be spotted to make sure the story makes sense. And they're not just, you know, calling it long-term storytelling when it's just the same plot point going over and over and over again. Yep. And I don't know how much influence he has outside of the QR code, but maybe he has some influence with this Dexter Loomis and the Miz kind of thing with his horror background. And who knows what else? Maybe he's got stuff with the judgment day already following, but I'm interested to see how this develops. And from those that follow Marvel and have followed this guy's career, seems like this is a good signing for WWE and this, you know, new role as director of long-term creative. Do you think WWE needs a director of long-term creative? And do you think this actually would do well for WWE knowing this Rob V guy? I can't say I know very much about him beyond anything you just said, but I will say that, you know, whether it's been the QR code or everything kind of related to it, it has been very, very good. And, uh, you know, I, I, I must say it is something that's kept me kind of intrigued. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see if they can keep this up, if it's a, if he's going to be, you know, creative the whole way through or if it's just like, OK, well, initially it's been been good, but there's not a whole lot going on past that. So. But the, the thing that gets me, though, long the director of long term creative, we've gotten to a point in professional wrestling. We need a director of long term creative, which Fine. Triple H has already said he wants, you know, as many voices as he can to give him ideas. And, you know, he's going to go with the best one, whatever, wherever it comes from. And I guess this guy is going to be in charge of crossing those T's and dotting those I's, which could bode well for WWE. But does this trickle down to the rest of the wrestling industry where, like, say, Tony Khan is like, I need a director of long term creative or you know, does Scott Demore and Impact Wrestling decide, hey, I need a director of long-term creative. Do we see this in New Japan? Do we see this, you know, in other promotions? Or is the this title, just the like title a- itself is a very WWE type title, in my opinion. <laughs> it does. It, it really does. But wh- I mean, I guess we'll see. Time will tell us what exactly the director of long-term creative is. But obviously, he has ties to Bray Wyatt. I guess they're good friends. I believe. Bray Wyatt was actually in this guy's wedding or was at his wedding. But speaking of Bray Wyatt, it seems like all the the clues are tying to him being revealed as the white rabbit at extreme rules, but he was WWE seems like they're not the only players in the game for Bray Wyatt. And no, I'm not talking about AEW, but Freddie Prince jr. Said on his uh, wrestling with Freddie podcast, that he actually offered a contract to Bray Wyatt. Now, obviously, he can't compete with WWE monetarily, but thought he could give him what he needs creatively. Do you think Freddie Prince Jr. actually could have offered at least something close creatively to Bray Wyatt, where Bray Wyatt might have actually considered taking the contract from Freddie Prince Jr. on this new promotion? And if Bray actually ended up signing with Freddie Prince Jr., 
How big would that be for Freddie Prince Jr.'s new promotion if and when it actually gets off its feet? Uh, it definitely would be big. Definitely would be big because, I mean, if you think about, you know, I guess the only comparable thing that we have right now is AEW and the fact that, you know, their big name, their their big fish that they got was Chris Jericho. Having Chris Jericho come out was huge for them. Um, I, I wouldn't say The Fiend is at the level of, or Bray Wyatt, whatever you want to call him, is that, well, he's a big name. I don't know if he's at the level like a Chris Jericho, but. I don't think so, but still pretty big nonetheless. Yeah, if you're if you're Freddie Prince Jr. and you're starting a new wrestling promotion, you're going to make a major splash if you sign somebody like him rather than, you know, some guy that did a little bit in the the mid card in WWE and got released. And, you know, that that was always a knock on like TNA back in the day. Oh, they just get all the old WWE rejects, so to speak. And yeah, that's that's true. But I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. has got to start somewhere with this promotion. And so far. He did announce he has a finished script. He has producers. The only thing he needs right now is that TV deal in place. And once he's got that, it seems like the wheels will be going with this promotion. I'd be interested to see how it turns out, though, regardless of what Tally ends up signing. Because if you actually listen to his podcast, the, the guy actually is, he's got a good mind for the business. Not just, you know, the the acting partake, but like the storylines and stuff like that. I think he actually can do very well with this promotion but we won't know until he actually gets a tv deal but our closing story is with vince mcmahon and according to pw insider vice tv will release a documentary following vince mcmahon and his whole story leading up to the retirement and the allegations and that documentary will be out in october how much of this do you actually think is going to get revealed that isn't already public knowledge. Do we get any new information from this documentary? We know the Vice TV documentaries with Dark Side of the Ring. I don't think those guys are involved, but I am still interested to see how this documentary comes out with Vince McMahon, though. I'm going to be very interested in how it's, the whole thing's going to be positioned to portray. Like, obviously, I think we're going to get the lead up to it. And what I envision is not a whole lot of interaction or interview with actual people from WWE. Mm -hmm. You will get the insight from the people that did the investigation and ended up cracking the case and announcing it. And it will come across as a very negative thing for Vince McMahon, um, in my opinion, because you're not going to get his side of it. I don't think. Well, here's the thing. Vice TV is owned by A&E Networks, who does plenty of work with WWE right now. And they got this big deal. And part of the reason you could speculate why Dark Side of the Ring is revamped it to this tale of the territories is because you know wwe doesn't want these negative stories anymore yeah so i do think it's going to be at least a neutral story or at least a neutral documentary you see this a lot with netflix documentaries and i kind of hate this out of those documentaries my wife watches them all the time and what ends up happening is they tell the story they tell the story they tell the story of like all right it's obvious this is the way they're going but then they reveal this like one bit of information and it throws the whole story out. And it's like, well, what do you think? It could be this or it could be that. And then they leave it as a cliffhanger. And you're like, well, what the hell? I, like, I don't know. And it's left like to your own imagination what you think it is. Oh, it, it definitely was a guilty or this definitely was not guilty. The guy was wrongly accused or whatever. Or the guy was misunderstood. Stupid shit like that. I hate those documentaries. I kind of feel like. They might go this route with Vice TV just because 
of the deal that they have with any networks in WWE. Well, nothing, nothing's really been settled unless, unless they're going to reveal new information. Like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think that they're going to get testimonials from like anybody like Vince or those close to Vince. So no, but I mean, they might get those that are accused or okay. that did the accusing, I should yeah. say. Uh, you would think the journalists from the Wall Street Journal are going to be involved. Yep. Maybe Bruce Pritchard. If there's anybody from WWE that talks, it's probably going to be Pritchard because he's the guy that will give you information, but not enough to actually make a story out of it. And he, he's done that all the time on his podcast where like, he'll tell you the story, but it's kind of in a way where it's twisted in like the WWE way, you know, so you don't get the full story. I feel like he's going to be the guy that they talk to. You won't get Triple H. You won't get Stephanie. You no. definitely won't get Vince. Maybe you get Nails. Who the hell knows? Oh, God. Maybe you'll get Hulk Hogan <laughs> or The Rock. Yeah. If The Rock is already involved with one series on Vice, does he get involved in this story, in this documentary? I don't know, but... Thanks for listening to this episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. If you liked what you heard and you're listening on either iTunes or Spotify, make sure you give us a five-star review to help spread the word. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. Mm-hmm.